it's hard to, you know, plan those big goals when you've had so many obstacles just to this point where you've, you've tried to commit and then something has popped up and you're like, Oh, is this my season now? Or am I just like getting ahead of myself, getting too excited? But yeah, I'm really trying. My husband has always said, don't worry about the future, focus on the now. If you're an avid runner and looking for help to understand the science, simplify the complicated and remove hurdles so that your next run is not only fun and fulfilling, but also fuels you with passion and purpose, then you're in the right place. Runner Click presents The Passionate Runner with your host, me, Whitney Hines. Hi, and welcome to episode 44 of Runner Clicks, the Passionate Runner podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Hines. I'm a lifelong runner, a certified running coach, and founder of TheMotherRunners.com, a resource for moms who run. And today we hear from Shanna Burchette about the topic near and dear to my heart, being a mother runner. But before the non-moms turn away, Shanna's story is relevant to anyone who struggles to find time to run, the motivation to restart, the self-belief that they can do it ever or again. She went from being like a casual, kind of very inconsistent runner to now being a very competitive runner. She is a mom of six kids under six. She went from just starting to run, barely being able to run, to running very fast in a matter of months. I love Instagram and I use it as a way to connect with fellow runners and mother runners. And so when I come across accounts that fascinate me, I love to learn more about them. And often I do that here. And so Shanna's account, she it really drew me in. I wanted to learn more about her because she has a very relatable transformation story and she shares it in a way that's not like, hey, look at me. That and may invoke shame. It's more like, hey, I tried it and I started to believe in myself and then I did and it's here's how I did. And so I wanted to peel back the curtain more of how and share why and how she finds the time with six little ones in the house. So some more about Shanna. She grew up in Oceanside, California, raised in a military environment. She was the sixth of eight kids. Her mom got all the kids into running road races. She was only five when she started. She showed promise. She went on to travel around the country for running competitions, but then she discovered that she had a heart condition. So she was able to get help, but decided not to compete in college. Flash forward, she became a mom of six kids, very close together in age, and she started running just this past August. She chronicles her running with the Instagram handle at motherhood underscore running and her success in the sport. Most recently, she ran a 116.01 in a 12.8 mile race. I think it was a half marathon that was miscalculated. So we're going to get to our interview with Shanna after this short message from our sponsor, RunnerClick. If you are an avid runner and looking for help to understand the science, simplify the complicated, and remove hurdles so that your next run is not only fun and fulfilling, but also fuels you with passion and purpose, then you are in the right place. RunnerClick presents The Passionate Runner with your host, Whitney Hines. Hey, Shanna, it's great to see you. Hi. <laughs> I have to ask, where are all of your kids right now? <laughs> they are hopefully going to stay downstairs. My husband is actually home right now for the next hour. So he's self-employed. So he kind of just makes his own schedule around me <laughs> sometimes. So we'll see how it goes, but <laughs> they are downstairs. I was wondering, yeah. So for the listeners, we may have some kid interruptions which has happened before. I was wondering if your husband has a flexible schedule because that can make all the difference. Mine does for the most part too. He works for a family business. And so like if I really, really need him, he is there, no questions asked, which is just amazing and something that is, you know, kind of new to our generation. I like growing up, that was not the case with my dad. And it sounds like maybe with your dad too, because I think you mentioned he was in the military. Is that right? Or Yeah. Yeah. I grew up, my dad was in the military most of my life. I want to say high school is when he was retired finally. And then he still worked civilian side, but my mom, I don't know how she did it. I grew up in a family of eight kids and I'm six of eight. 
and she just was a trooper. She managed the plate and he was deployed a lot when I was a little kid. And yeah, it was definitely a different lifestyle that I personally don't have to deal with, but I've gained a lot of like admiration and like resilience from watching my mom do that as like a kid. Oh my goodness. So you were, I feel like most kids, me included, like you're in your own little bubble and you don't really observe what other people are enduring or doing or, you know, it's just all about me, me, me. So that's like remarkable that you were observant enough to to notice her, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. My personality is very, I kind of feel like I've grown up like always being on the outside looking in to a lot of situations. I don't know why my personality is like that, but I'm just very mindful of like my surroundings and like people and their emotions. So yeah, like my mom, honestly, especially now being a mom of six kids, six and under, I just am like, how did you do it? Like, I mean, my husband at this point, it wasn't our whole marriage, but at this point he's pretty flexible because he is self-employed in a few different areas. But I mean, even then it's stressful. And I'm just like, she had, it was just her most of the time, you know? Like, I am not being hyperbolic when I say <laughs> that, that just like completely amazes me and astounds me. And I'm just like, how, how, how? Because <laughs> I really, truly say this and I mean it. Like, anybody who has more than two kids, I am just, I bow down to you. <laughs> like, Because my, I don't know, I mean, our two kids are a handful and to add more to the mix, I don't know how that works out. So (laughs) I don't know how you guys do it. So let's back up then. Let's kind of start there with your childhood growing up as the sixth of eight kids in the military family. And I know you mentioned to me before we got on that your mom is the one that got you into running in the first place. Yeah, if I remember right, you know, I was really young when I first started, but my mom just had us like do a lot of just it's like just local 5Ks. I grew up in Oceanside, California, so there was a ton every weekend uh, and she just loved it. It was a great way for us as a family to bond together. And it's kind of hard when you have eight kids pretty fairly close in age two to be able to go off of, to all these different sports. So she kind of just threw us in one particular sport and yeah, we ran into a club coach. And I mean, he was just getting started on his like his coaching side and only had his kids involved at the moment. But my mom was like, well, this might be fun. My kids seem to enjoy these 5Ks. So let's give it a shot. (laughs) And that was it. So like, that was how old were you? I started when I was about five. Yeah, I was like, kindergarten age. Wow. And then okay, so then what happened next? So club running, I would show up like, I want to say two or three times a week, we'd meet pretty locally. And he was new at it still kind of. So he was kind of figuring out how to train us, especially as little kids and just small exposures. And then honestly, about the time when I turned like seven is when he started blowing up his club business, because we would again, we would still run 5k's. That's kind of how we competed at the time. And yeah, he brought us into 5Ks and then people started hearing about his club and we got other kids involved and then it became really competitive. And by the time I was like seven or eight, we were traveling as a national, like a team to like USATF, Junior Olympics, all over the US as for cross country and track. And yeah, it was honestly like probably my favorite moments in my running career so far. So, (laughs) (laughs) And so then... You competed up until high school. Is that right? You were like a standout in your high school. Yeah, I ran pretty competitively in high school. I feel like I had a pretty big radar from club running. A lot of coaches were expecting me to do big things in high school and plans changed a little bit with some medical stuff. But yeah, I was definitely competitive in high school. So what happened medically? So my freshman year, I was running a CIF, which is like our regionals for to qualify for state for cross country. And I was one of the there was a few people that were like expected to win that day. And I was one of those few. And we were in the top pack. And I got to about mile and a half, I want to say if I remember right. And I just blacked out. 
and I woke up on the floor and I remember there was just like medics around me and I'm like a freshman at this time and I'm like trying to crawl out of their arms because I see my teammates passing on the opposite side of the course and I'm just like I have to get up they need me to get to stay and anyways long story short they ended up finding out that I had a like something to do with like my red blood cells they would expand under duress and like high intensity levels and I guess like when you get to that point in a competitive environment you push all of those things out and so when your body's giving these alerts and responses I would just ignore it and so the only way to get me to listen was like my body would put me down and so yeah it was it was a wild ride for about a year trying to figure out what was going on and yeah changed a lot in my high school running (laughs) so was it is it a life-threatening condition no i take a medication i probably it's probably something i should look into now that i'm getting more serious about running again since then but it's a medication that pretty much restricts my red blood cells from expanding when i do hit that point so that i don't pass out because it's like lack of oxygen i guess is what happens so yeah it's not life-threatening it just can be scary (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, because you it happened again, right? Like as you were trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah, it happened for a second time. I mean, I did a lot of stress tests with cardiologists and the, one of the cardiologists was just like, hey, like you either just get to run for fun and never hit that competitive level again, or we put a pacemaker in you. And at the time I was like 15 and I was like, I'm 15. I've ran my whole life. Like I can't just do this for fun, you know? And also have a pacemaker. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm 15. 15. (laughs) I know. And so, yeah, so she kind of saw the look on my face and realized that this was pretty serious to me. It wasn't just like a hobby. It was something I wanted to take to the next level, even after high school. And she really did her research and homework. And I guess she had found like another athlete out there that had a similar incident. And they were able to find that a medication helped her. And she had trained at a competitive level. I wish I could remember her name because that's something I would love to like go back and read about. Right. Yeah. But yeah, they, so during that time I was still running and I was like, well, I have to redeem myself. My freshman year like didn't end how I thought it was. So I went and did USATF Junior Olympics with my club team. And Again, I had the same episode. It was like right after a mile and a half, I blacked out again and I woke back up and there was a bunch of people. So yeah. (laughs) And so then you decided, even though like, so you figured out that the medication can help you when you were in high school, but then you decided not to run in college. So yeah, the medication helped. I had to break through a lot of mental barriers after that because I just had those few incidents of passing out. And it was like trusting myself that the medication would work. And then, you know, retraining myself to kind of be gritty at racing again. But yeah, by the time I hit my senior year, I think I just had so much stress from that situation. My love for running kind of just died at that point, because I wasn't where I expected to be by my senior year. I was still competitive, but I wasn't top competitive like I had hoped. And I kind of caved to a lot of the pressure at that point. And so senior year hit, I graduated and I always knew that college running was still something I loved and I wanted to do. But on a spiritual side, you know, I take a lot of those big decisions to heart. And so I did a lot of praying about it and just trying to figure out, okay, like, is this really my route or, you know, and long story short, I ended up getting the answer. No, I wasn't supposed to run collegiate. And That was a really hard situation to be in when at the age of five, you've had coaches that were telling you like, you're going to run collegiate and then you're going to run elite and your whole life is pretty much mapped out for you since you were a little girl. And to think that it was going to just be gone was crazy to me. And so I remember just sitting in that recruiting room on one of these trips and the college head coach had offered me a full ride and on, you know, verbally. And I was just like, I don't know if this is my right decision. And he was not very happy with hearing that. And kind of was just like, if you don't do this, your running is going to be over. And yeah, it was really, really hard. And so I went home and I did a lot of thinking about it again. And I just, I followed my gut and I walked away from it. So. Wow. That's incredible. Good for you for listening to your heart and your gut. And I mean, that's, that's a lot of pressure. 
And it's really not cool for somebody to say that to you, especially like with the sport of running. Like that's one of the beautiful things about running is like it can be in anybody's life, however you want it to be. I guess, I don't know. Some people only see it through one plane. But so (laughs) I'm curious how you were able to get gritty, as you said, and get over that fear of passing out and having a health scare. I think for me, like once I had the proof that the medication did work when I did take it over time, I eventually like began to kind of just hunger, honestly, to be up there and to be aggressive and to prove to myself like, hey, yes, this setback was not ideal and it definitely was not planned, but there's a lot to gain from it. I learned, I mean, I had a few races in between all that where I didn't take the medication because I felt like the medication was like, I don't know why I thought this, but kind of like unfair, like an unfair advantage. Like I was cheating if I took the medication. I don't know why. <laughs> At the, as a young girl, I thought that, but I did. And so I wouldn't take it sometimes. And my mom and my doctor was like, why are you doing this? Like we found out that it works, you know, use it. And I had a few episodes where I'd pass out and I would get up and I'd keep running. And I just like, oh my goodness, had so many moments where I was just like, I gained so much resilience and so much strength from even those dark periods that I felt like I just had to prove it to myself that there was still something in there inside of me that had so much more potential. Yeah, that makes sense. So you graduate high school, you decide not to run collegiately, then what happens? So I ended up serving a church mission for 18 months, just like a volunteer mission. And that was full time. So I was like 20 years old when I decided to do that. And I was gone doing that in the Northwest for a while. And I mean, we would have a few like 30 minutes every day that we could exercise. And I had a few friends that were great at wanting to do that with me, but still again, like just kind of, kind of trying to maintain And then I got back from my church mission and I got married to my best friend who were been married now for almost nine years. And I met him before I went on my mission. And anyway, we had a bunch of kids. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I, yeah, we had kids like almost right from the start and that was not my plan, but (laughs) I actually tried to like reattempt running collegiately. I had reached out to a coach college coach. And I was like, Hey, maybe I can do this now that I'm married, you know, and I'm still young. I'm still in my prime years. And anyways, the coach got back to me and he was super excited. And then like a couple of days later, I had found out I was pregnant with my first kid. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm not yeah. supposed to run for college. Okay. So let's look at the math here. Okay. Six kids under six. How in the world? <laughs> I don't know. I like... So close together, right? And you have a set of twins. Yeah, we have a set of twins. So that's how. But yeah, my first two were 14 months apart. And then it was like 18 months apart and then 20 months apart. And then my twins and my last are my only two-year gap. Okay. Okay. Wow. So it's just like, is it just chaos in your house? All, All the, the time. time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you know with two kids, it's just, yeah, it's a madhouse all the time. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I can imagine. Okay. So did you run when, like, throughout the beginning years of motherhood or did you just start back? I can't wait to get into your comeback or did you just start back recently? Yeah. So I ran very inconsistently, like off and on for the last 11 years since I graduated high school. There was like a few periods, like my first three pregnancies, I was a lot more diligent. But again, I was only running like three times a week. And I was mainly more focused on like HIIT workouts, strength training sessions. But yeah, not any like major mileage. Maybe I was doing 30 miles like max at the time. No like workouts like I'm doing right now. And I would I'd race, I've probably done like four races in the last 11 years before I started like getting serious about it again. So like very low key running. (laughs) Yeah, but still was in your life. Like it's not like the passion went away. Yeah, I definitely felt I have always had a lot of direction and guidance 
again, spiritually, where I knew my running was not over. And I was even specifically instructed that I had still big things to do in my running career. But without collegiate running, I just I never understood how, you know, as a kid, you're you're ingrained in your mind that the only way to ever hit that elite level is if you run collegially. And if you don't, you're missing out on the biggest pivotal chapter of your career. And so I mean, having had those thoughts instilled in me at a young age, I was just like, there's no way there's no way I can skip collegiate running and like reach my best potential still in my life. And so I got back into running in August. And it honestly was just for cardio purposes. I was the heaviest I've ever been postpartum. I just felt awful with my body, with myself. My confidence was low. I just felt like I lost myself on my sixth kid, to be honest. And my husband was actually the one that was like encouraging me. He's like, you just go and like train, you know, go train for a race. Like go run with these neighborhood moms that meet up every morning. And oh, that's so great. Yeah. And I was just like, I have no desire to run. And I think I had hit that this point in my life where I was like, it was never going to be more than just fun running. And so to me, that wasn't exciting. And so I just had accepted this was my reality, which I was okay with. I love being a mom. And I love raising my kids. But I was like, well, maybe running is just not meant to be in my life. And so I was really honestly closing the door for good. And then I just had this thought I had strength trained for two months, I was four months postpartum with my sixth kid. And I strength trained for two months straight, and I was starting to feel better. And then I go for this run in August, and I literally could not run for like two miles. I was so tired. I had to stop several times on my run. I was wiped. I was so out of shape, the worst I've ever been. And I was just like, I have to change this. Like, this is embarrassing. (laughs) And so I had looked into the like soonest half marathon locally, because I knew if I signed up for a half marathon, I was not gonna like not train for it. And so I signed up for a half marathon. I started running with the neighborhood moms And I did that about three times a week. And then they told me about a local coach. And I was like, what? There's like run coaches that you could hire? Like, what is this? And I was super excited about that. So I hired that coach. And yeah, I got really serious into my training for the first time in 11 years. So I wonder if that run had gone differently. Like if you went out there and it felt not that hard, if you would have been like, oh, I'm fine with what I'm doing. Or like the fact that it was so hard was like a wake up call. Yeah, it totally was. Like if I would have felt good, I think I would have just been like mediocre in my running. I would have just been content with just occasional run here and there. But yeah, you're right. It was definitely a wake up call. So when you said that, like you thought you had closed the door on running, was it because like there were just, it just felt like there were too many obstacles. I mean, you have six little ones that you're taking care of. You gained more weight than you ever have after having a baby and you didn't feel like yourself. And so like, was it just kind of like, it just seems too hard to try to do this? Yeah, I think, I definitely think the obstacles were a big like factor of why I felt like it just wasn't going to happen or I wanted to be a part of it anymore. And two, like, because the only environment I ever grew up in running was competitive, that was like, that's my excitement in the sport, like competing, not even just with other people, but competing with myself and like my better self is like what drives me and like makes me hungry to keep training and like, stay in the game, you know. And so to think that I was never going to have that again, and I was so far from where I used to be. I definitely felt like, yeah, the obstacles were like the biggest factor of why I wanted to never have a part of it again. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, it's so hard to get that ball rolling and then keep it rolling. And I totally get it. Like so many people to me, like even my dad, who's the one that got me running in the first place, I'm over 40 now. And he'll just tell me, he's like, Whitney, why don't you just run for fun? And I'm like, running (laughs) for fun for me is like trying to see how fast I can get. Like, that's what fuels me. Yeah, it's the competing with yourself. And then, you know, I know down the line, like maybe I'll chase different distances because they'll be fresh and new and I won't have old times to compare to. I'm wondering if that helped you too, because you were like one mile, 5K, 
distance, right? And so you're kind of, you started with the half marathon. You had, you got my attention. Well, you had my attention anyways, but then I was like, wow, she is super fast when you ran that 12.8. I guess it was a short marathon. Like they misjudged. That's so frustrating when that happens. But your time was like, I mean, you were, what, it was like 116.01 or something, which would have been like a 117 half something. I mean, it's like crazy. Yeah. Or 118, like crazy fast. So that's when I was like, wow, she has so much talent. And then she just started running in August. How in the world? And so, yeah, you obviously have a lot of natural ability. And so anyways, I went off on a tangent there. So (laughs) I will, or will you look at like longer distances because they're brand new world for you? Or will you try the 5k again? I definitely saw, I hopped on with a different coach and he's an elite runner himself and coached his wife. She was a new runner in 2017 and now she's flying. It's crazy. She just ran a 113 half marathon at grandma's half. Oh my gosh. Who are these people? I'm probably going to say their last name wrong. So I apologize that they listen to this, but his wife's name is Jane Brakis and his name is Arturs Brakis. And I'm probably okay. saying that first name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I'll have to look them up. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this probably know about them. Okay, so you switched coaches. Yeah, so I had been following his wife since, like, honestly, since October, September, when I just got into it. I don't know how I stumbled upon her page, but I did. And I noticed she talked a lot about heart rate training. And I was just like, what is this? Like, and I was looking at her progression and a lot of her runs when she ran her first marathon was like a 242 in 2018, I think. And I was like, how did she run a 2.42? And all of her easy runs were like nine minute pace. And I was like, how does that even equate? You know, I was always taught like eight minutes and below is what you should be doing on all your runs and just very like hardcore training. And so she caught my attention. And eventually I finally, I felt like I was missing something in my first, very first half marathon in November like I had hit the wall at mile 10. I just, my endurance wasn't there. I, something was lacking and I knew I needed like something to focus on that. And so I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, does your husband even take on amateur runners like me? (laughs) And she said, yeah. And I hopped on with him and it's been completely different experience. And we've talked a lot about what my focus will be later on down the road when I get to a more competitive state. But I think right now I'm just having so much fun challenging myself in half marathons and marathons because I haven't done them. And it is like a lot of really top runners do do those distances. And so, yeah, I think I'm going to play around with it for a little bit. I'm going to try my first marathon in December, the California International Marathon, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I ran that one last year. Oh, great. Okay. I saw that you were thinking about doing a marathon. So, oh, that's a great one. Where are you, by the way? You're not in California anymore. You're No, I'm in St. George, Utah. Oh, okay. I wondered if you were in Utah, just based on like imagery in your um, Instagram reels. Beautiful, beautiful. That's so exciting. I I was hoping that you would land on the side of yes when considering. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's so exciting. Okay. So the obstacles that loomed ahead of you, how were you able to pick them off? And I have some questions about specific ones that are common for a lot of moms and then just like a lot of people in general, runners in general. But I'd love to hear from you first, like what were the ones, the big ones for you that you really had to get over either like mentally, physically, or just like time management wise? So mentally, I think I had to get over the fact that like being okay with the state that I was in and not forcing my fitness. And that's one thing my coach currently has taught me so much about. He's like, if you're at nine something minute miles for your easy runs, that's okay. Like we start where we start and we build the body with the body's lead. And it has been such a stress-free type of training that I feel like makes it more manageable with having six kids, six and under. Cause we all know people that have kids, your life is stressful just with having kids, you know? And so I feel like that has helped a ton with eliminating some of those obstacles of stress on myself. 
but I would also say too, like mom guilt is another one that I've had to really overcome. But watching my kids' reaction, like them, my son had come home. He was last year. He was in kindergarten, and he would run laps on Wednesday at like recess or whatever. And he's like, "I want to run a half marathon like you." And I, it just like made me so excited because I was like, "Okay, like they see the good out of this. Like they're not seeing, oh, mom is away training." They're saying, oh, mom is working on herself. I can work on myself too. I can dream too. I can reach these hard goals too. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, that mom guilt, it creeps in. Like just when I think that I've put it to bed, it comes back and it comes back in like different ways, shape and form because I also have wife guilt too. It's like I'm take, you know, I go for my long runs on Saturday morning or like we're going on a trip this weekend and you know, it's like I have to lean on my husband for help while I go out and do it. And, it, and it's just, it's such a mind. It's like, well, they're his kids too, but it's still like you feel the guilt of being away and possibly inconveniencing somebody else. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, spot on exactly how I feel too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> I wish I could just get like it a really lobotomy is. and just get rid of it. What about, I have to ask you about sleep. Because I can't imagine your sleep is amazing. No, it's not. And honestly, it's kind of funny that you asked that because today I had probably my worst workout since being with my new coach. I was just depleted. I honestly, my last two days have been like three, four hours of sleep. And oh my gosh. that's just not ideal. How do you ideal. look so good right now? <laughs> <laughs> probably the first shower I've had in like the last week. <laughs> no, it, yeah. I think honestly, with that too, I have just learned to embrace being flexible with my training. And I should have today, I've done it in the past with him. And he's very good at just like watching and monitoring a lot of my fatigue state on my smartwatch and making sure everything is looking good there. But most of the time I'm trying to be better. It's like, hey, I need to move this to tomorrow. I need a better night's rest or I'm feeling flat today. And we're going to roll with it. And so I think flexibility, honestly, has helped me a ton, like taking that pressure off, like your training regimen is for you. And it's not the other way around. You don't train for your training regimen, your training regimen should work for you. And so once I started learning that mindset, I feel like my training has been a lot better. Oh, okay. So like, I know that that's the way it should be. But still like the runner perfectionist brain gets in there and messes everything up. Yes. <laughs> but I am going to venture to guess that like being a mom of six kids has kind of helped you with that flexibility because there's really no other way that you could survive, right? Totally. Yeah. I feel like you gain a lot of resilience as being a parent, you know, parent athlete, I feel like you don't have the ideal situation. You see some of these really top runners, they're napping, they're getting massages and they're having all this good nutrition and then they get to go for their second ride and their whole life is just running right whereas a lot of us runners especially parent runners we don't have that type of lifestyle and so i think you just learn to do more with less with less time or less able to commit to as much as some of these other people do so i feel like we make more with our time our daily time how do you manage, like you said, your smart walk, watch tells you about your fatigue state. Like, well, first of all, I want to know what watch you're using. But second of all, like, how do you define where your boundaries are, where you know, like, okay, if I do this workout today, I'm going to push myself over the edge. I'm going to ask my coach to move it or change it. Is that, how do you know how to do that? But I think so. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And that's something like I've still been trying to learn myself because I used to just go out and run like I never looked at all that stuff. And so it's been really like a learning curve for me to be under this type of training with a coach that really does monitor all that. But he has taught me like the first thing I do in the morning, I take my resting heart rate before I even get out of bed. And if it's like seven over, if it's anything over five, that's usually a good indication that there's something you either had a bad night's sleep or you're still like, you're needing some more recovery time. And then I take my standing heart rate. And if it's like a major difference, that's usually like, okay, there's something going on. Should we think about moving it? And then I think it also depends on 
like uh, a lot of watches now they ha- they'll show like your recovery rate so like after a workout it'll show like oh today mine's like you're 25% and you need like 55 hours of life recovery so I'll kind of just look at that like if my workout is more moderate paced and I'm at like 65 to 70% recovery rate then that moderate pace isn't going to bump me down that much further and I'm okay to go forward with it but if it's more of like a fart like session or something like that, like I did today, I probably should move it to the next day and then see if the next following day with a hopefully a better night's sleep will help kind of bump things up. Yes. Sleep is so hard and so <laughs> important. And I hope you have a great night's sleep tonight. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> what? tips do you have for people who are restarting like you did, who just, I don't know, it just like they just feel daunted even before they begin because of their where their starting point is? What helped you? Honestly, I think just like taking it day by day. Like, I felt like the times where I felt like it felt most daunting was when I was just so focused on the future the future goals, the future expectations, the future, like all futuristic stuff. And the moment I brought myself back in the present moment, and I just focused on that specific workout for that day, whether it was an easy ride, whether it was a moderate pace run, whatever it was, once I brought myself back into the present moment, it was like as if like the stress just like alleviated, the daunting feelings alleviated. So just taking it day by day, and also too, just like allowing yourself to come back where you're at. That's one thing I wish I would have done more in my first training cycle back is allowing myself to accept, hey, I'm at this shape and let's move forward with my body. Did it take you a long time to start seeing the changes in your fitness and then just like how you looked too and felt? Yeah, I think honestly now is like when I'm starting to feel, I would say definitely a year for sure. And especially since I was so fresh postpartum too, I never really feel like myself until I hit a year. So once my little girl hit a year old, I felt like I was starting to like get myself back, reclaim myself again. Um, But yeah, it definitely took, it wasn't one cycle, training cycle. It was definitely probably three or four, honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. And so how do you manage, you're running like 60 miles a week? Yeah, around like 55, 60. So how does that look for you? Like, is your husband watching the kids? Are you waking up crazy early? Or do you have people that come over and help? How do you manage that? Yeah, so for the most part, I do. I wake up early, mainly because right now it's like 100 degrees by the time. Right, yeah. Yeah, I live right in the desert. So (laughs) it's more preference than anything. I mean, I don't, I'm not a morning person by any means, but you got to pick and choose, right? Right. Yeah. It's like the lesser of two evils. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So yeah, I wake up usually around like 530. It's not insane. I know some people wake up way earlier than that. But I wake up around like 536. And I usually could get my workout done and over with by around 8, 815. My kids are well awake before that point. (laughs) They're early risers, especially with the summer sun that likes to pop up at like six. But uh, (laughs) yeah, honestly, my husband is super supportive of my goals. And I think that alone makes all the difference too. when you're a parent runner is having that spouse support or partner support that is very mindful of you. And he does, he does it without complaint. I come home, he's already making breakfast for the kids and he's probably made breakfast for the last two months. (laughs) So (laughs) poor guy. (laughs) Oh, that's so wonderful. I love that. Does he run too? He doesn't claim himself as a runner, but he has ran races with me in the past and like has ran two halves himself. So But yeah, he doesn't claim himself as a runner. So (laughs) (laughs) I think it like it's nice. It kind of evens out like my husband runs, but he is not at all like a stickler like I am. And so it works out really well because he knows like he just knows that I have to do my run or else I'm going to be very unpleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's definitely nice for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it works out really well. And so was it hard for you to ask to start asking for help? How were you able to overcome that? 
I think, yeah, because again, I grew up with a mom that was so resilient and she like never, like we would go camping at Tahoe for a week and my mom would plan the whole trip. She would put the tent up. Like she was just such a like independent person. And I always grew up with like that mindset of like, we're strong, independent people, you know? And yeah, so relying on, especially when I got married, having a husband that is opposite where he is very like, it's okay to ask for help. It's he's very, he shows a lot of emotion and having to learn all of those traits that I just like shoved down and buried. It was hard. It was very hard. And I still struggle with it. I mean, even now I like coming home today and like, knowing that I have a a plate on my hands and my husband's in there again, you know, making breakfast as I'm coming in and I'm having to run upstairs to go shower. And, you know, I just, I think remembering that it's okay to have help is it's fine. Like we're human. We're not going to be able to do it all ourselves. And that pressure is so unnecessary, but yeah, it's, it's still a battle for me every single day for sure. Yeah. You're totally true. Like the, our moms, like that generation, they did not ask for help. You didn't like self-care wasn't a thing, you know? Um, And so it's almost like you just equate it to a weakness, even though it's not a weakness at all. And everybody, like all boats rise when you ask for help and everybody gets what they need. But it's so hard to think like, oh, I should be able to do this all myself. Yeah, totally. So I saw... You had posted a reel like a while ago where it kind of referenced like naysayers, like people just kind of saying that you won't be able to keep doing this and this is just a blip on the radar. Is that true? I mean, have people said that to you or is it just kind of what you think people are thinking? Yeah, I definitely I feel like coming back into the scene, especially in a small town community that I live in, you shake a lot of boats. (laughs) And when I hopped on, especially like getting on the, you know, the Instagram, social media platforms, again, I'm a newbie and a lot of people had been doing it for a while and it kind of like puts waves in a lot of people. And yeah, I mean, I feel like I, for the most part, had a lot more positive than I do negative, but those negatives do creep in and sometimes they can be really nasty comments and you just have to grow a thick skin and learn how to channel that in the positive way of, feeling your own self and and knowing that like, hey, like, I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm doing this for myself. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks, you know, it's, it's your goals. It's your life. It's what you choose to live with. And yeah, I feel like I've had a lot of little incidents like that throughout a lot of my running career. And so it wasn't as surprising, I guess, to come back into the running scene and see that there's still people like that in every phase of life, even as adults. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we kind of have that. I mean, all in all, like the running community is very uplifting, but yeah, you still kind of have that like very immature jealousy that, you know, people are bad mouthing other people and yeah, it's just not cool. I'm glad that you grew a thick skin and you have a ton of Instagram followers. And I really love the way that you go about telling your story and your messages. Cause I think it's like, it's such a difficult line to walk. I think, especially like you have six kids and you've come back and your comeback so far has been amazing. And I think like your future is incredibly bright, but it's very easy to be like, well, I, you know, don't use your kids as an excuse or, you know, if I can do it, you can do it too. And you don't, come across that way at all. Like it's just very relatable and encouraging, which I think is awesome. And is, I think probably helping a lot of people who are, who you were in August, you know? Yeah. And I I feel like that comes from the fact that I did have 11 years where I couldn't train like this. And it has humbled me a ton going through those stages of life of where I had newborn twins and I was breastfeeding them in the middle of the night and at the same time. And I don't even remember half of those moments because I was so sleep deprived, you know, that wasn't like an ideal time for me to train like I am now. 
And not that my situation has improved by that much. I mean, I still have moments where I get three to four hours of sleep like this last two days, but I feel like then I had so much more stress and I was figuring out motherhood and how to balance it. And it was still all so fresh and so new. And so it was rapidly growing every year with another child. And I just, I feel like we have to just know, like we have our seasons in life that like our PR seasons and then there's seasons of life where you can go and still compete, but it just, it may not be your best in life, but you'll still feel satisfaction from it. And that's okay. Like embrace the season you're in, put, if you don't want the pressure of competing, then find other ways and alternatives to get the joy out of running however you can. I think you do a great job of leaning into your intuition, it seems like. I feel Which, like it. I hope. <laughs> I yeah. <think> so. <laughs> I think that's like, that's such a admirable skill. And I say that as a person who's like constantly in, in an internal struggle <laughs> for like, yeah. well, this is what I want, but this is how yeah. it is. And then how can I make these two meet in the middle? Not all the time. I say constantly, well, and not with running all the time, but like just with life and parenting and yes. work and all that stuff. So I think that that is a huge like lesson that I am gleaning from this conversation. Do you have like any tips or like any messages for people who are listening who are, you know, entering the sport, re-entering the sport, moms who are trying to get into it that we didn't talk about? I mean, honestly, like if you have big goals, if you're getting back into or if you're starting for the first time and it feels daunting or feels like a lot, just take it day by day. I think that is like my biggest advice to people is if you just take it day by day and you're consistent at it, I mean, even in small doses, like the last 11 years, like sometimes all I got in was 30 minutes of strength training or 30 minutes on the treadmill, making the most of like the environment or season that you're in. And if you're just consistent at it, it'll pay off in some form, some way. But again, that could vary for everybody. That may be only 30 minutes for you right now. And just that 30 minutes or 20 minutes does, it does add up. Like we don't have to do big things all the time to make results. That is so true. That's such a wonderful point. I also, before we stop talking, which I could keep talking to you because like offline, I'd be like, okay, how do you handle this situation (laughs) when your kids are doing this? What do you do? Although mine are a little bit older than yours. My son is six and my daughter is nine. So we might be dealing with some different things. But have you noticed a difference in how like you are as a mom, like just like your overall demeanor since you've gotten back into running and more competitive? Yeah, I feel like I'm more mature as a runner. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I've grown so much. I look back at the person I was as a runner and I like, I never want to be her again. (laughs) I love her. She got me here, but there's a lot of forced, like forcing fitness and you have to go big or go home mentality and like grind hard every day. And I'm just like, I do not, that sounds so stressful to me as a mom right now. Like that training would drive me off and I would just quit. So yeah, I feel like my maturity level and my patience for goals, like I have big goals, but I know they're not going to come next year. They're going to come years and years and years of work and consistency of showing up where I'm at. So yeah, patience and yeah, that's probably like the biggest thing I've learned. (laughs) Yeah. What about like as a mom has running been like, allowed you to have more patience when you get home now that you're doing it? Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm a like a totally different person when I get a run in like the days I have one day a week, uh, my Sundays are my off days where I just don't do anything at all. And I like feel bottled like a bottled up energy. (laughs) I don't know what it is about running like I'll come home and I just like it's like releases it all like all the stress that moment, I think it's like that self care, you know, that we talked about, where you just are able to just like, take everything out of your head, all the to do list, everything that you feel like you have to do for the day is just gone. You just focus on your run that moment where you can just relax and enjoy. (laughs) Yeah, no other stressors. Yeah, that's so true. I usually when I'm running, I'm not thinking about the to do list. Are you the type of person that likes to share big goals? Or do you like to hold them tightly? I'm being better at sharing those things. 
I'm pretty open about it. Like if people ask, I for sure, yeah, I share them. Well, I guess I'll ask then. <laughs> but feel, ser- seriously, like no pressure, no pressure. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't want to talk about like, because I, because we all like, I have talked ad nauseum about like, as you said, it's day by day, and so it is about the journey. It is about the process. We cannot predict what's going to happen in the future, but yeah, I mean, we can like invest ourselves in that journey, and you know, the icing on the cake is is that goal time. So if you want to share, feel free. If you rather not, I totally understand. I know that you have great things ahead. I can just like, I can feel it in my bones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so my coach has definitely, sometimes I feel like he believes a little bit more in me than I do myself, but I definitely like, I want to hit a sub 16, 5k one day, sub 440 mile, and then honestly, marathon, like I would love to make the Olympic trials one day. Like I'm hoping 2028 could be on my radar. And again, it's, it's hard to, you know, plan those big goals when you've had so many obstacles just to this point where you've, you've tried to commit and then something has popped up and you're like, oh, is this my season now? Or am I just like getting ahead of myself and getting too excited? But yeah, I'm really trying. My husband has always said, don't worry about the future, focus on the now. And that has been like my biggest like shift of mindset where I'm like, I could be pregnant next year. And I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know. My, my history says otherwise, but right. Yeah. But you know, I just like, I try to live in the moment. And so I dream big and I know that I feel like if I could progress, I, that would give me enough time to be able to achieve those in the future. Oh yeah. Well, my money's on you. <laughs> I'm rooting for you and I, I believe you can do it. But I love, I mean, I love what you're doing on Instagram and you've been so uplifting and just like truly inspirational. I know that word is thrown around a lot, but you really are. So thank you so much for taking the time, even after your run and after three hours of sleep to spend an hour with me and share your story. I really enjoyed learning more about you. Well, thank you for having me on here too. I seriously, I'm like very introvert. I get nervous about stuff like this, but it's super fun to just like chat with people and like get to know on both sides, people's stories. So I am also an introvert. And <laughs> yeah. so like I treat these, they're very rambling. Like I treat these as if you and I were just running. So, and like, I'm so lucky that everybody I talk to, I'm like, I would really just love to go for a real run one day. So <laughs> So maybe one day we can, stars can align, but thank you so much. I hope you get a good night's rest tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you, Shanna. And thank you all for listening to The Passionate Runner. You can find the full show notes for every episode, including a summary, key takeaways, quotes, and the resources mentioned at runnerclick.com slash podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like it and you're getting value from the episodes, we would love it if you leave a rating and review wherever you listen. We'll read these out on future episodes. Talk to you next.